Hello and welcome to Made to Measure, the podcast of the Journal of Trading Standards. I'm Paul Evans. In this episode, we'll be hearing from some of the winners of this year's CTSI Hero Awards, celebrating some of the most remarkable achievements related to trading standards and consumer protection over the past year. This year's winners come from within the trading standards profession and beyond, including brave members of the public who have stood up to rogue traders and loan sharks, politicians who have embraced the important work of trading standards, and a sniffer dog who has helped seize over £6 million worth of tobacco. On Tuesday evening at a ceremony in Westminster, the winners were joined by MPs, trading standards professionals, sponsors and other supporters to receive some well-deserved recognition. We spoke with some of the winners, award presenters and other guests, and here we present some of the highlights of the evening. CTSI Chief Executive Leon Livermore starts us off with a background to this year's event. My name's Leon Livermore and I'm Chief Exec of the Chartered Trading Standards Institute and it's my pleasure to welcome you here tonight to our second annual Hero Awards. For those of you who don't know, we used to do the Hero Awards as part of our conference and we decided uh, last year to change that because we didn't feel I was given due recognition and due time to the people who are our heroes. Um, just to give you a sense of what the criteria are. So it's normally me and Kerry reading the awards, nominations. So you have to be nominated by a trading standards officer, trading standards department. We read, we read them. If one of us cries, you're commended. <laughs> if, if both of us cry, you get an award. And unfortunately, if not, none of you, neither of us cry, you don't get anything. In all the years we've been doing it, I don't think we've had an, any nominations where one of us hasn't cried. Now, I judged these on a lovely sunny day in Eastbourne, and the couple sitting next to me must have think I was having the most strange breakdown, because <laughs> I was laughing one minute, cry, crying the next. But it makes you, I suppose, reflect on what is a hero. And, you know, I've been reflecting a little bit about that as we've come up in the run-up of the awards. And there's something about a hero that inspires you. It's not just the things they do, it's the emotion they create inside you. It's the desire to do something better. It's their humility. Most of our heroes tonight, actually all of our heroes tonight and all of my personal heroes, have shared credit. It's not about them. It's about the impacts and the things they do for their community. I'd like to thank the sponsors, because without your generosity, we couldn't hold it in such a fine venue. And actually, we couldn't expand it to the number of categories we have this year to recognise the breadth of people who touch our lives in trading standards. Now, once upon a time, we were a profession that stood alone, like a lot of professions. And as we become more ingrained in our communities, with our businesses, with our partners, actually we can't achieve anything on our own. And especially in times of austerity, the more we collaborate, the more we share, the better results we get for the people we share. So actually everyone in this room, whether you're a sponsor, whether you're a colleague, or whether you're a hero, I'd like to thank you on behalf of our profession. So thank you. I'd also like to take this moment to thank all the MPs and councillors that we have in the room. It's a, it's a bit of a tough job being a politician at the moment, I can imagine. <laughs> so, so just for the next couple of hours, we promise you that you're amongst friends and we will have no Brexit or leadership conversations. Um, we have a main sponsor, so I'd like to ask Bob Wright, uh, Chair of the College of Fellows, to come and say a few words as our main sponsor. Bob. Thank you, Leon, and friends, colleagues, and honoured guests. Um, the College of Fellows is the charitable arm of the Chartered Trading Standards Institute, and we're delighted to be associated with this event, celebrating, as it does, the efforts of those often working alongside 
trading standards colleagues to improve the lives of so many in our communities. Through our educational and welfare programmes, we lend support to the Trading Standards Service across the United Kingdom. And these awards, recognising as they do, the achievements of those who have done so much to promote good trading practice, fit well within our own aims and objectives. And in welcoming everyone here today, we salute them all. Thank you. So we now move on to the awards. The first award, I think, recognises a trading standards hero. So I'd like to ask Roland Earl from the British Toy Hobby Association and Jerry Burney as well to come up here while I read the citation. We, we kind of, I think, long ago, just started taking our job for granted, not recognising actually what we do on a daily basis is quite unique. And actually, I'm, I'm really pleased that the first recipient of this is a unique individual. It's a person who actually encompasses everything a trading standards professional should be. She's tenacious, she's focused, but she's focused on the right things. She's focused on the things that matter to her community. She's given me probably more grief than many, most people, but always for the right reasons, always challenging the institute, always challenging the profession to move forward in the right direction. She stands as head of investigations and safeguarding at North Yorkshire County Council. She leads a multi-agency safeguarding team protecting some of the most vulnerable people that trading standards will, will come across. Um, she's dedicated to tackling and organised doorstep crime. She's um, produced countless bits of information and knowledge for NTS. So actually, that's a hero, isn't it? Someone who shares their knowledge. So really great. I could go on and on and on, but actually, this year's trading standards hero is Ruth Andrews. After the ceremony, JTS managing editor Richard Young caught up with some of the winners to get their perspectives. Here's Ruth Andrews. Um, I'm Ruth Andrews and I'm Head of Investigations and Safeguarding at North Yorkshire Trading Standards. Um, I manage the first in the country of a multi-agency team. Um, so it consists of trading standards officers, detectives from North Yorkshire Police and a safeguarding officer from Health and Adult Services. And we tackle all forms of fraud um, and financial abuse of vulnerable adults. So Ruth, congratulations on winning the Trading Standards Hero Award. Why do you think you were nominated? Well, obviously, it's a real honour to win it, and it was lovely of a, a colleague from another authority to nominate us without knowing about that. Um, but really, it's to, in recognition of the work we're doing in terms of um, tackling organised crime groups targeting vulnerable older adults. Um, so in the last three years, we've, we've successfully prosecuted 44 offenders and achieved um, over 87 years imprisonment. Uh, and I think the person that nominated us was, was essentially recognising the, the high level that we're performing at. Is doorstep crime something you've seen an increase in in your area? Well, we've led in respect to doorstep crime nationally, really. Um, we've been tackling that for 16 years at North Yorkshire. Um, but what happened in 2014 was we realised that we were being very tunnel visioned around the types of crimes that we're looking at. So we now look at all, all forms of fraud, whether that's doorstep crime, distraction burglaries, investment frauds, romance frauds, and also frauds by family members, carers and powers of attorney. So it's increased in terms of workload dramatically because of the scale and, and type of frauds we're looking at. That's right. Is, 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 is there a sense that there's new types of frauds coming about perhaps through the advent of the internet? Perhaps you, you mentioned romance yeah. frauds, etc. Although, frauds. interestingly, um, we've yet to get very serious levels of fraud against vulnerable older adults through the internet. So e-crime is actually the very minor percentage of what we're looking at. We're still seeing people targeted primarily by the phone, followed by the door and uh, scam mail. 
Um, and I think we're probably five years plus away from our very older adults being victims of, of e-crime frauds. Right, right. So in, in, in addition to, uh, to fraud and scams targeted at, at older people and vulnerable people, what else is on your radar in terms of uh, your, your key priorities at the moment? In... Um, key priorities are safeguarding. So um, the way the team was set up was designed in, specifically to enable us to look at what has caused the vulnerability that has led to that person being targeted because we've had historic cases where we didn't safeguard enough and actually those people became repeat victims so the whole the whole approach is around stopping the offending very early um, whether it's through addressing issues such as hoarding or um, inability to look after themselves and letting the property deteriorate that means they're a target or whether it's through self-neglect um, or whether it's through lack of capacity and, and they've got no care in place in respect to dementia um, so it's very very wide remit around actually safeguarding that individual person and then worrying about prosecution um, of the offenders afterwards. It must, it must be very difficult in some cases not to become emotionally and personally invested uh, in them. Would you, would you say that when that does happen, it can be a detriment or would you say that it often benefits you to, to be able to um, treat things? It, it's with more? a real driver. So when you're right. doing your 20-hour days on arrest and search operations and interviews, um, that's what keeps you going, the motivation to actually get the result and the justice for the victim. Um, but also I have to be very, very conscious of the emotional resilience of my team um, because it ha can have a really detrimental effect when you're dealing with these types of victims on a daily basis all the time. Um, so we, we, have, um, we have a system in place where we all talk really openly in the office about how we're feeling about particular victims. It's it's, it's certainly not unknown for me or other members of the team to be in tears watching ABE, tra ABE transcripts of victims. Um, but we're, we're a really strong, tight, motivated team um, who, who get great job satisfaction out of what we're achieving. Finally, obviously at the, at the awards this evening, there's a lot of winners and there's a lot of um, guests and attendees from various facets of trading standards with different areas of expertise. What would you say the, the, the benefit of an event like this in terms of bringing people together and sharing knowledge, sharing the burden sometimes of, of the, the frontline work about, the trading um, does. demonstrating the totality of what the profession does. And actually, when you're, when you're so focused on one particular area, as I am, actually, it's a really great reminder of all the other things that are happening positively in the profession. Um, but also, uh, there's a, lot, a big element about um, how reliant we are on people. So we, we had a recent prosecution where a member of the public was stood behind an elderly victim in the bank and heard them saying what they were paying for roofing work. And had that, not, had that person not reported to us, we'd never have known about that victim. Um, so it's just an eye-opener, really, around the extent the profession's going to protect consumers. Next award is for the Outstanding Trading Standards Project. So I'd like to ask Bob Wright, the sponsor of this event, uh, this award to come up. Genuinely, there's no nepotism in this award. Um, this, this award will go to the UK European Consumer Centre, and that is run by the Institute. So but I can assure you there's no bias in this. They were nominated by the European Union themselves. Uh, to recognise the contribution that they've made, not just to UK consumers, but actually their ability to drive improvements across the whole network. They are regarded as the finest contact centre in Europe. They have the highest call volumes, the highest call satisfaction rates. And I think you know, our European colleagues will, will miss that expertise. Just to give you a sense of um, what they do, in the last 12 months, they've provided support to 13,000 consumers. And you start working out, that's 13,000 consumers with language barriers with jurisdictional barriers, you know, where you've got, you, where you've got the, the business at one end, the consumer at this end. 
They have over 80,000, sorry, 80% 80, 80 satisfaction rates from every consumer that comes through, which is pretty good. And despite having no legal powers, with no legal powers, they've achieved amicable solutions in over 50% of their cases. So that's pretty de decent resolution. Now, I'm actually proud that they're part of our, our trading standards community. I think it's a jewel in the Institute's crown. So I'd like to invite Andy Allen to come up and accept the award. So Andy, as Leon mentioned, the UK ECC was nominated for this award by colleagues in the EU. Why do you think that was? I think there are two aspects to that. I think one, with the uncertainty at the moment, um, th this service is more relevant than it's ever been before. Um, the simple logistics of dealing with a, a complaint against a trader in another European country uh, can, 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 be, can be difficult. And our service has always assisted consumers in um, resolving com uh, complaints and gives them confidence in, uh, that, that in their processes that they, there is a mechanism if they buy complaints. So I think that it's always been relevant, but with the increased uncertainty, it's become more and more, uh, more and more relevant. And we increasingly see, um, I, I suppose, a, a, and different elements of contacts where there, that, ex, that uncertainty is expressed in the contact. Um, that, that backdrop is becoming expressed. We see businesses contacting us with uncertainty. Now, we're not really a business-driven service, but we, because of the lack of advice elsewhere, we get, we, we, we get that. So I think we're very, very relevant at the moment. I think the other thing, uh, from a personal note, is that this service is delivered by 12 people. It's about eight full-time equivalents, but tw 12 people. And... Since 2016, we've worked, and probably even before that, with the, the, the knowledge of the referendum, we've worked with a great deal of personal uncertainty. And the team has continued to perform very highly. The consumer is at the forefront of our, our thinking still, not our, our personal circumstances. And certainly, we have led for many years on, on many, many things that the, the, uh, the, the European network of 30 centres is trying to do. We've continued to do that in this, this uncertain time. And I think that's highlighted to the, to the network, and that's why the positive comments from the network, what we do, what we offer, and I suppose, ultimately, what they would lose if we, if we were not part of that network. Now, move on to what I believe are our key awards. And this is going to be a difficult one for some of us. If I could ask Steve Smith to come up from Truecall first as we, as we launch the inaugural Brian Smith Awards. If those people who are not from our profession could just bear with us for a moment. I just want to say a couple of words about Brian. If you if you'd looked at our profession about 15, 20 years ago, we were like a lot of typical professions. We were focused around our professional disciplines. We were focused about the things that are important to us, all those technical competencies. And a few people started to challenge us. We've heard one today, Ruth. But Brian was one of the first people that I met that challenged me to think differently. He, he had a set of values and principles that I think set him apart from most people. He focused on the people we serve and actually focused on the most vulnerable people we serve. His, his compassion for people, his passion for our profession... No, knew no bounds, actually. And there's a, there's a load of stuff I could read down here, but you know what? It was just a bloody nice bloke, really. 
bloody decent human being. Unfortunately, Brian took his own life in 2017. Like a lot of people with compassion and caring, they struggle. Actually, they struggle with their own demons and they struggle with their own lives. So if anyone's in this room struggling, I'd ask you to reach out because it's really important to have that first conversation. Brian left behind two children, Tom and Francis, and a wife, Bev, Bev who's actually here tonight. Brian, there's a bit of Brian's DNA left in our profession, and our profession is the better for it. So actually, can we just give Brian a round of applause? And I'm, I'm actually really glad that it's Steve here with these awards. Because one of the things Brian did, one of his big legacies, was around call blocking technology and the difference it could make to individuals' lives. And actually, the significant work that he did in partnership in Scotland with you guys has laid the foundations for work, I think, that's, that's now rightly spread across the country through the, through the National Training Standards Scams team. But it starts somewhere. And it starts with that person's passion, and it starts with Brian's passion. So, Brian, this is your, le this is your legacy. So the first award today, because I think that there's three, goes to Matthew. Now, Matthew's got one of those, one of those stories where, you know what, we all make little mistakes every now and again, and then you suddenly find yourself caught up in something that you're out of control of, due to no fault of your own. It just, it just happens. So unfortunately, Matthew got into um, the clutches of a loan shark after he took some loans out after he left work to look after his sick wife. We all know what loan sharks are like. So they are the scum of the earth. And they prey on vulnerable people. Now, I think it's fair to say that, Matthew, you went through some low points, some, some of those challenges, but you're here, which is absolutely brilliant for us. And actually, what happens sometimes when you come out the, the other side, you find courage to share. And I think it's the stories that people share and are prepared to share that make a difference. I can give you facts, I can give you figures, I can spin you a nice yarn, but I can't tell you what it felt like to be Matthew in the clutches of a loan shark. I can't tell you how brave you've been to come out and share your story. Not just share the story with us here today, but share the story in prison, with prisoners. So then, when they come out, you know, a, a ripe cohort of victims help bringing the loan sharks to justice as well. That must, that must be bloody brave, really brave. I, I, am, I am in awe of you, Matthew, genuinely in awe of you, and you are such a fitting recipient of the first Brian Smith Award. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew. The, the second award goes to... I'm going to hopefully I get this right, Sharon. Sharon Conradi? Conradi, sorry, Sharon. Now, this is, this is the kind of person who sits at the heart of the communities with everything we do. So, Sharon, you're a neighbour who noticed a suspicious van parked at one of your elderly neighbours' house, and rather than ignore it, like we probably a lot of us would have done, you confronted the rogue trader yourself. That's bloody brave. Genuinely bloody brave. Um, Contacted the police, contacted trading standards, despite being threatened yourself. So again, you know, in your own in your own neighbourhood, genuinely, absolutely amazed of your courage and your bravery to do to do that. I believe that you saved your neighbour over 
over 200 pounds, wasn't it, from, from paying for work they didn't need. And actually, a rogue trader when a, got convicted of eight different offences because of what you've done, protecting other vulnerable members of our community. This is the kind of work that trading standards do. It's the kind of work that we can't do on our own because we can't be everywhere. And it, I wish I had a neighbour like you, Sharon. But come on up and, and have your moment. The next um, Brian Smith Award goes to a group of volunteers from Buckingham and Surrey Trading Standards, and they're their scam champions. So for those of you who you don't know, there's a network of scam ambassadors and scam champions that's facilitated through the national team down in Eastbourne, um, but is really delivered and supported locally. Um, these were all nominated by the Surrey and Bucks. We have them, Jeffrey Boswell, Karen Holdsworth-Cannon, and Jeff Pegg. Unfortunately, Jeffrey Boswell can't be here. He's in hospital. He's 88 years young. He's still fighting, still fighting the good fight for us. Um, Jeff runs Friends Against Scam sessions and supports trading standards work locally across a, ra a range of things. Karen, a wounded veteran, was one of the first scam ambassadors signed up by Southern Bucks and has helped train over 1,000 so if that one person trains a 1,000 and those 1,000 people train a 1,000, that's a lot. So, and Jeff himself has helped train over 1,000 friends and promotes all the scams work on local radio. And he's op operations director of uh, the local uh, Neighbourhood Watch. So I'd like to invite um, Karen and Jeff up to receive their award. We sat down and spoke to Stephen Baker, MP, who was presenting one of the evening's awards. So I'm the Member of Parliament for Wickham, that's High Wickham in Buckinghamshire, and uh, today Jeff Pegg has received an award. He's one of the heroes here of Trading Standards for all the work that he's done to help people deal with scams, you know, fraud. And I, one of the things I've seen in my work as MP is just what terrible consequences follow from people being scammed, whether it's traders taking people for a ride at the doorstep or people being persuaded to part with their life savings by people telephoning. And I would just say to people, if they're hearing this, please do make yourself aware of how frauds work and don't fall into them. But Jeff was here today because of everything he's done. I'm really proud to have supported him and what an amazing award ceremony it's been. A scam something that you're particularly aware of in your constituency. So I'm a member of the Treasury Select Committee, which holds the HM Treasury and departments to account. So uh, we've just had an economic crime investigation. So I'm aware of it from both the perspective of constituents coming to see me about it and also through investigating it with the Treasury Select Committee. It's a huge problem in our country. It, only today we, we heard that there's a lack of capacity for prosecuting fraud in the UK. It's got to be dealt with. We're going to need to find more money to put into the prosecution of fraud. But in the meantime, the kind of work that people like Jeff do is genuinely heroic because it saves people their life savings. We draw many front lines in our work. You know, when you think about the fight against alcohol and young people personally, the front line is a checkout. When you think about the fight we have to protect vulnerable older people from financial scams, the front line is often in the banks and financial institutions because they're the people who understand and get to see the habits of their people. Now, if you've got someone coming in and you're a customer 
with a burly person behind you and you're drawing out thousands of pounds worth of cash, that says, mm, might need to think about that. Um, so we're really grateful for all, all financial institutions that have worked with us. In particular, I think NatWest have been great supporters of the work of Friends Against Scams and Trading Sanders generally. So it's really fitting, actually, that this award will go to NatWest Norfolk, looking dapper in the front row here. Nice smiles, good, excellent stuff. Um, so you've been nominated by colleagues in Norfolk County Council. The branch, you host TS pop-up events and kind of help us when, when people are going in, talk to them about scams and support them. You recruit custom, your customers to Friends Against Scams. So again, helping us build that network really importantly. You have three community bankers across Norfolk. Again, you know, real important networks into communities as we shut post offices and we shut other libraries and shut other parts of our infrastructure. It's really important that the private sector understands their role in helping create communities. I think we look at business and communities as separate things. Actually, businesses and communities are exactly the same thing. And a vibrant community needs a vibrant business sector as well. So that's really great. And you've uh, helped run loads of awareness. So colleagues in Norfolk are very proud to have you as partners, and we're very proud to give you the Financial Institution Award 2019. Well done. Uh, the next award is our Business Award, and I'm going to ask Peter McVeigh to come up and present the award. Peter is a good friend of uh, Trading Standards. He's from Status International. This recognises actually, again, that, you know, we're about supporting businesses, legitimate businesses. And those businesses that get it right actually deserve our praise. Those businesses that either help us as a profession or help their communities, as we've heard, or actually just generally do the right thing by consumers should be recognised. And this is a really important one. The winners will be Quick Check, and they're an investigation and verification service have been working with trading standards for a number of years now. They're heavily involved around timeshare and holiday club scams, going to help him bring in uh, rogue traders to, to book. Uh, fraud cases running into tens of millions of pounds. So that's tens of millions of pounds taken from legitimate businesses. Tens of millions of pounds away from the exchequer. Tens of millions of pounds that consumers have wasted. Um, created free timeshare task force to help tackle that particular problem. So it's really great that uh, Chris Emmins can come up and collect the award. And so Connor Burns as well. Christina Simpson and I am Peter McVeigh's daughter. So Peter McVeigh is um, from Status International and he's the Vice President of CTSI. So he's invited me here today as his guest. I know that Status International has long been a supporter of CTSI and its work. What is it about trading standards that makes it so important to your father and your family? So I know that my dad has been um, a great advocate of the Trading Standards Institute for many years. He's been a, a lifelong sponsor of some of the events that they do um, and he's passionate for the work that they do um, and engages in everything that they stand for and promotes that throughout the world himself. So it is very important to our family business and to my dad himself. The next award is for Best Consumer Protection Campaign. So I'd like to ask Paul Evans, who's our communications partner from Fourth Estate who's sponsoring this to come up. Once upon a time, the, the Trading Standards Toolkit was two things, nicking people or leaflets. That was it. We had two tools in our armory. 
And that was great. They were great old days because leaflets never worked. So you got to nick a lot of people. And that was fun. That was fun. Chasing, chasing around in cars, pretending you're a police officer was so much fun. But then we realised there has to be a better, better way of dealing with things. And actually, you begin to understand. You begin to understand the things that can drive consumer behaviour and drive business behaviour. This is a particularly excellent example of that. It's operational grip. It was run between the police, Halton Council Trading Standards, and the illegal money lending team. So again, two local agencies supported by a national partner trying to make people's lives better. And we've already heard some of the challenges from Matthew about the impact of illegal money lending on individuals and communities. They raised awareness of loan shark through education and provided means of safe borrowing. It was a widespread and multi-channeled campaign. I don't know what that means, but Paul probably does and can explain it to me <laughs> later on. I think it means more than leaflets. Um, and it was for all ages. So they started in junior schools, talking to the youngest people. And actually, it's the young people who often have an impact on their parents and grandparents to have those conversations. That you know, When you get to a certain age, it's hard to have those intergenerational conversations. So just the simple questions of a child can make you think slightly differently. Um, competitions were run, and I saw some of the lovely posters on, on the application and really vibrant and really, really loud and brought, brought it to life. And there was a, a week-long campaign at Christmas. Now, you think about Christmas is it's a tough time, actually. It can be a tough time for people, especially when you see the excesses that some of us enjoy and some of us are privileged to enjoy those. I can imagine the temptations for those who aren't to give their kids and their families Christmas that we believe they deserve is a temptation. So actually, really good, really positive, targeted campaigns. And you know, it's about providing those safe means of so working with Halton Borough Credit Union again to provide safe means of that. So I'm really, really pleased to ask Georgina Griffiths, Ian Hampson, and Dina Perchard to come and collect the wall from Paul. Yes, my name is Dina Perchard and I work for Holton Trading Standards. And I'm here with two police colleagues and we have won the best consumer campaign for our Loan Shark uh, Awareness Raising campaign. And, uh, well, basically, the uh, campaign captured all age ranges with a whole range of activities. So there were colouring competitions for children, there was Spot the Loan Shark, uh, there were prizes for families to win in various competitions. So the council was a big partner, they tweeted out lots of messages. It was coordinated by the illegal money lending team. So, and the Holton Credit Union were involved and they signed up 200 members um, during the campaign. So, you know, it worked to raise awareness of loan sharks and the dangers of loan sharks. But it also um, raised awareness of alternative to loan sharks. So go to your credit union and it enhanced, it explained the services that, that Holton Credit Union can provide. So it was several partners working together, uh, doing lots of things throughout the year, including a, a Christmas animation about loan sharks and, and um, a separate animation that was shared with partners uh, and national partners. So it really raised the awareness of what the issue is and how it can affect most people, because I think one of the problems is people don't uh, identify as being a loan shark victim because they right. often think they've borrowed money from a friend. So it was right. uh, really explaining the context in which loan, shark, loan sharks operate so that people could identify that actually they might be in that difficulty themselves. 
Obviously, loan sharks are a, a national problem. Is it, is it yes. something which is particularly acute in Runcorn, though, in the, sur the sur surrounding area? There must be a reason for having the, uh, the, the campaign in place to begin with. Well, I think it does happen all around the country, but certainly a number of years ago, we had a massive prosecution that the illegal money lending team took against a loan shark in, in Runcorn, and um, he was also accused of rape. Um, there were situations where he was cutting people, or his workers were cutting the electricity meters off, threatening families, dogs, children. Um, and what he actually made some of the women do who couldn't pay him back was act as collectors for him. So it destroyed the community that those women were living in. There was an inspirational lady called Carol Hightum and her son had committed suicide because he was in debt to a loan shark and couldn't pay him back. And, and she just worked and worked and worked to raise awareness of loan sharks. Uh, the legal money lending team coordinator, Joe Hartley, she's inspirational and so is the, the credit union manager, Christine Heesom. So when you've got people like that, inspirational people around you, and you can see the first-hand experience of people that have been involved in loan sharks. It's very difficult to do nothing. So the Product Safety Award goes to the Forex Trading Standards Courts team. And it's interesting because, you know, I've seen over the last few years the work of National Trading Standards and the stuff they do at ports, and there's some big teams out there at some of the major ports. And actually, you wouldn't necessarily think of Forex as being a large authority but it shows that with limited resources targeted in the right way, we can have a really big difference if we're supported properly. And that's why we'd like to thank you for your ongoing support. They have intercepted over one third, 36% of all non-compliant and unsafe goods entering in the UK. 36%, I mean, that's, that's significant. If you're one of the consumers at the end of that, I don't know what, like, you know, don't know what would happen, really. You know, shocking. They work with three ports, so that's, that's tough, and a very small authority working across three ports. Life-endangering, carcinogenic face creams, I definitely don't need those. Fire, fire risk hair dryers, really don't need those. And dangerous toys, well, I'm a big kid at heart, so, you, so at least one third of their work has saved, saved me. But last year, 85% increase in unsafe goods detected, saving the UK approximately £14.4 million. Pounds. For what? couple of hundred thousand pounds spend. That's a, that's a pretty good multiplier. That's a pretty good value for money. If any politicians listening in the room, that's really good value for money. We can provide you a lot of detail on that if you want. Um, in, in three months, the team confiscated 88,000 unsafe items. Well, let's put it another way. They protected 88,000 UK citizens from unsafe and dangerous goods that could potentially harm and kill them. So not only are we saving you £14 million for a very small spend, we're saving lives. And voters' lives, MPs, voters' lives. Let's remember that. <laughs> remember that. They're a, really important, they're a really important category of consumer there. So I'd like to invite Charlotte Edwards to come and collect the award. Uh, I'm Jackie Doyle-Price. I'm the Member of Parliament for Thurrock. Uh, Thurrock is a very busy uh, port. We've got three big ports. Uh, in fact, I often call ourselves the ports capital of the UK. And it's fantastic to hear the work that trading standards officers have been doing down there. 88,000 items intercepted. It's quite, quite amazing. All that work being done to keep people safe. 
I've always thought that trading standards officers were unsung heroes in terms of public protection. But to hear some of the stories tonight, uh, some of the award winners and the courage that they've shown in tackling what are actually serious organised criminal networks, it's quite inspiring. And I don't think we can thank all of them enough for what they do. We can't celebrate them enough for what they do. You know what? We can't do anything in our profession without political support. I know councillors and MPs get a really, really hard time, but I don't know many of them who went into the jobs for the wrong reasons. You know, I may disagree sometimes with their politics, but actually most of the politicians I come across are decent people trying to do the right thing for the people they serve under extraordinary circumstances, especially local councillors. Their local councillors are part of their communities, wanting to serve their communities, but they've got to make the books balance, and that's a, that's a real tough challenge. And we struggle as a profession, to put our head above the parapet. If you're sitting there working out how you're going to deal with adult social care, if you're going to sit there working out what you're going to do about potholes or waste or education, you know, sometimes the work we do doesn't get the credit we deserve. But actually, every now and again, you come across a politician who gets it, who understands the value of our profession and supports it. And it's really interesting because it must be a powerless thing because the councillor before really got it and was at, was at all our events. And actually... James Evans was here last, last year. He chairs six weekly meetings with his TS. How many training standards professionals get that kind of exposure to their portfolio holder? He's attended our symposium for the last couple of years. He was here last year. He's actively involved in trying to change and develop his service. So he's really, really interested. So that's, that's great. And actually, I've no idea what political colour you are, James, because that's never, that's never actually come up. All we've spoken about is what's right for the citizens of Powys and how my colleagues in Powys can help you deliver on that. So it's really, really great that you're winning our first political award. Councillor James Evans. The work we do is relying on so many different people and so many different institutions to help us. But actually, for the last few years, we've really relied on detection dogs. You know, as criminals get more and more clever, more in tune with how to hide things, we need people who can, can find them. And I don't know if you've ever seen the detection dogs work. It, it is absolutely, absolutely amazing how they can just smell out whatever, whatever they want. But this one's a particularly unique one. We have never had so many nominations for a single award winner. <laughs> it, it was just one after another after another. It's our youngest award winner of seven years old. I don't know how, how much that is in dog years. What's that, 49? So probably not the youngest overall. Worked with trading standards officers across the country for the last five years. Sniffed out £6 million worth of illegal tobacco. That's pretty, you know, that's pretty good amount of tobacco there. This is the reason why the Scamps won it this year. A 25,000 bounty placed on his head by organised criminals. Yeah, 25,000. Yeah, and he still wagged his tail. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, actually uh, Stuart himself um, received death threats. I know, I know yeah, we make light of it, a dog. Actually, that's quite serious stuff. And it shows we're hurting people. Because you don't get death threats unless you're hurting people. So that's really, really good. And the more we tackle some of these rogues, the more we tackle some of these criminals, the more they're going to come back, back fighting. He's won... Uh, multiple local awards. He's probably our most award-winning um, ever hero award winner. 
And a modern day Elliot Ness was one of the descriptions we had across it. See, her heart's already melting down here. <laughs> what, what, I do not know what's going to happen when, when Scampy's there. It's tears, tears. So, ladies and gentlemen, the loudest cheer of the night, please, for our overall TSI hero, CTSI hero for 2019, Scamp the Detection Dog. So, congratulations, Scamp and Stuart. Stuart, tell us a bit about Scamp's work. So, we're normally tasked with searching shops. Um, or storage facilities, uh, and now vehicles as well, um, that trading standards teams suspect um, someone is, you know, is, is hiding um, illegal tobacco. Um, so, yeah, normally it's, it's a shop that we'll search, and the quant over the years, the quantities have varied so much from, you know, the, the dogs we'll find from, you know, maybe just 10 or, or 20 packs to a couple of hundred thousand packs. It it really does vary. And is, is it something that, that's been on the rise during the time that you've been doing it? Is it a problem which is becoming more prevalent or does it vary from year to year, do you find? Well, I mean, I would say that uh, our past two years have probably been our busiest years. Um, and I, only my own opinion, I would imagine, I, I, I believe that the problem is getting worse. So um, the dogs are, you know, the dogs are being used a lot more. I know that, as Leon mentioned in, in his uh, in his speech, there has been a, a, a bounty put on, on Scamp's head. I mean, that must give you sort of mixed feelings. I mean, feelings of pride, presumably, about his achievements and skills, but also a sense of concern, presumably. Yes, obviously. Um, obviously, we're doing a good job. So we're upsetting people and we're we're affecting the illegal tobacco trade. So it's good in one way, um, not so good in, in, in sort of being targeted, really. Um, although nothing has happened um, so far, and we hope that nothing does happen, um, but it is a, it's a it is a concern, and it's something that we of you know have to think about on a sort of a on a sort of daily, weekly basis when we're working. Yeah, what is it about Scamp? Do you think that it makes him particularly adept at what he does? Presumably, you have other dogs that you work with, but Scamp for some reason has really uh, gone above <laughs> and beyond. Yes, I mean I've trained many many detection dogs. Um, and he is, you know, he is very good at his job. He is a phenomenal search dog. Yeah, loves, you know, he really loves his job. And I'm, I'm not sure what it is about him, but he's, you know, he's known by all the trading standards teams that we work with. You know, they before a job, they always ask whether he's going to be coming on the job. Yeah, he's just, uh, he's got a real gift for locating illegal tobacco. Well, that's it for another episode. Congratulations to all the deserving winners of this year's awards. Thanks to all those who spoke to us, and thank you for listening. We'll be back again in a fortnight's time with more from the world of trading standards. If you have any ideas or suggestions for the podcast, or you just want to get in touch, send us an email to madetomeasure at jtsmag.uk. Don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.